0: back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osman, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Kitin, daf Yudchet, page 18. Well, I would call this daf the daf of machloka between famous pairs. So I'm going to focus on a machloka between Rav and Shmuel, actually two that we have here. Ann's going to talk about Rabbi Yochanan and Resh Lakish. Uh, and these are common bar paluktas, right? Common pairs that we've seen many, many times on the daf itself. So, Rav and Shmuel basically have a discussion. One is a machlokas about a get, one is a machlokas about um, about a ketuba. So, the first question that they discuss is itmar, right? And they're discussing about a get that isn't given right away. May I'm at time monin get. When do we start counting the three month waiting period for a woman when she receives her get? In other words, we know and we learned this, you know, earlier in Seder Nashim. That when a woman gets divorced, she needs to wait three months until she can get remarried. And the purpose of that is, is to make sure that she is not pregnant by the first husband before she is with the second husband so that we know we can establish paternity. And so when we talk about these gets that are brought from overseas, right, the Gemara was we just talking about that you could have a get that was written in Nisan, you know, somewhere outside of Israel, but doesn't get delivered until Tishrei. When would we start counting those three months? Is it from the date on the get itself? Or is it from the gate when it's delivered? So Rav says that it should be counted from the time of the giving of the get. And Shmuel says it's from the time of the writing of the get. So Rav Natan bar has a kasha here, right, has a difficulty. According to Shmuel's opinion, what will people say? Right, that zo <laughs> zo According to Shmuel, because you say it's from the time that it's written, okay, you could have two wives of one man, uh, each with a get on the same day. One is forbidden, and one is permitted. Um, and so, uh, so he's basically saying well, Shmuel's opinion doesn't make sense. Now, what's the case? You have to look at the mitzvah, but what the case is? The case would be, for example, and this was sometimes done. A man is going to travel overseas. Now, remember, that's what a classic Agunat case was: is that a husband traveled and he never returned, and nobody knows if he died. So sometimes, what would happen is they would give like a get sort of retroactively, and that there's a whole discussion about that, right? But the idea is that you would give a get, you know, so he would divorce them in case he never came back. Let's say he dated the Gets on different dates, right? And if we say that we count it from when it's written. Not right, so one was dated one date and one was dated a month later, even though the woman received them at the same time and they were married to the same man and they're living in the same place, they would count different three months. And so his point is, where if is, is it's Shmuel's opinion doesn't necessarily make sense because the divorce actually took place at the same time. The get was just written, right, or dated at two different times. So the Gemara answers to this and says, Amar le'abai. So Abai says to Rav Natan bar Hoshia, Zoz gita mu'chach aleha. Right? It would be understood that this wife can remarry after two months, right? Let's say because the date of her, in other words, because the date of the divorce says that it would be correct. The Zoz gita mu'chach And the other one could marry, let's say, when she, however long she has to wait, let's say it's a month off or something. You know, like, let's say hers was dated a month later, so she would have to wait sort of, it would be in total four months, but really it's three months from the date of the get and the month before, from the date of her bill. In other words, Abaye is basically saying it wouldn't confuse anybody because everyone's just going to look at the date of the get and understand that the gets were dated at different times. Um, Then the Gemara goes on to basically give a Brisa that supports Rev's opinion and a Brisa that supports Schmuel's opinion. I'm not going to read those Brisa's, I'm going to skip that. But then they get to the actual, you know, halakha itself. Rav Kahana, Rav Papa, Ravashi, Rav Kahana, Rav Papa, Ravashi, Abdi Mishak Tiva. They acted right. They did according to Shmuel, and they did it from the time of the writing of the Get. Rav Papa, Ravuna, Beraid Rav Yehoshua, Rav Ravuna, the son of Rav Yehoshua, Abdi Natina. They did it from the time of the giving, which is Rav's opinion. So we see that the Yamarim were actually split. The halacha and we actually end up saying that the, the 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 time of writing the get is actually three months from the writing of the get. So theoretically, what not theoretically, what could happen is is that especially if you had a get that was sent from overseas, right, not from Eretz L, and you know you it was written in Nissan. By the time she gets in Tishrei, it's dated in Nissan. Her three months are up already which is really interesting if you think about it. But, you know, obviously this is predicated on the fact that she wasn't alone with her husband at any, you know, of this time. And then the Gemara goes on and has another dispute between Marvin Shmuel yitmar, right? from when is the Ketubah, right, canceled? So in other words, we know that the Ketubah basically is a document, right? It's this contract that the husband gives the wife right at the beginning of their marriage. And it basically describes what he is obligated uh, to give her uh, in case that there's divorce or he dies. Okay. Um, and so the question becomes, when does it basically become sort of just an ordinary document or, or just a regular uh, note of, of something that he's indebted and therefore it would actually be canceled by a Shemitah year. So in other words, Once the ketubah sort of kicks in and actually gets used, at a certain period of time, if the whole thing is not collected, Shemitah would actually cancel. Because we know one of the laws of Shemitah is is that Shemitah actually cancels all debt. So I actually thought this was a fascinating machlokas, especially because, and you know what masachet this didn't appear in? (laughs) It didn't appear in Masechet ketubah, which I was like, why was it not there? So that's what they basically discuss here. So Rav says, right? Rav Amar Misha tip Gom Gov. So Rav said it's from when the wife accepts accepts partial payment, right, of it, and then establishes the balance on her ex-husband or his estate. So as soon as she gets partial payment, then okay, that that means it tra- it became it becomes just a regular like debt. He just owes her something, and if Shmita comes and she hasn't c- collected all of it, it would get canceled. Ushmo Amar. Pagma al pi shalo zakfa, right? The getuba basically can, you know, is is subject to the law of shmita, right? Even if she accepted partial payment, but she didn't establish that there was a balance on the loan. Okay. Now, how this exactly works, you know, is a little bit more complicated, right? But then it goes on to say zakfa al pi or if she established the entire loan, but she didn't accept partial payment. In other words rub is basically saying you need to have two parts of this. You have to have taken some payment and you have to establish that he, that the husband owed her, you know, whatever the rest of the amount is. Shmuel basically saying you just need one or the other. You don't need to have both. And again, then they're going uh, a, a, a uh, to bring a Brysa to, you know, to support both of these. And then, um, you know, and then they're going to bring a Brysa to support both of these. They finally then end the whole discussion with a statement about Shmuel, about what do you do if there is a uh, predated uh, Ketubah, right? Amar Shmuel, damia, right? A Ketubah is like any other document of the court. And therefore, ma'a right? Just as the act of the court may be written in the day and signed the following night, and we don't disqualify it, av balayla. So the same thing is true, actually, with a, now, the one thing I will tell you about the ketubah, which actually is halakha is, is that we are very careful today that the date on the ketubah, in other words, has to be when the marriage actually takes place. So sometimes you will be at weddings where there I, I, I and have you ever been to a wedding like this where there was an issue that like something got delayed and the date on the ketubah, you know, was written during the day, but it doesn't get read or the wedding ceremony didn't take place till the night. And then the data of the Ketubah is technically wrong.
1: So I've heard two stories. In res- I, I wasn't, you know, physically present. But one story is where the Masada kedushin then kind of just takes a paper whatever and, like, writes a new Ketubah right there. You know, people often have these very beautiful, illustrated, like, you know, uh, painted calligra- calligraphy. Yeah, I, I,
0: I'm going to you there. I've always thought that was, like, the weirdest piece of decorative Jewish art.
1: Okay, but there's not much I don't have Jewish one. Art.
0: I thought it was weird.
1: But it's like there was a time when that was the only thing that, that you could that you had an excuse to decorate, right? Like uh, oh, you know, nowadays teacher. we have okay, a that's, time, that's
0: a, a tangent.
1: A separate <laughs> issue, right? But anyway, so so they have the the formal one ready, whether it was decorati- decorated or not is besides the point. They had the formal one ready and they were of like, you know, kind of just scribble down a new one with a new date that does not come close to the story that i heard of a friend of mine was actually at this wedding where they had a beautiful calligraph gold inlay like all that kind of very fancy ketuba you could disapprove your data, but this is what they had and the sun went down and the rav took uh i don't know what the right kind of ink i guess and made a x through the date and scribbled down the new. I heard the story and my heart just went, oh, no, Or my belly, right? Like the idea that he wasn't attuned to the fact that this needed to be re He just crossed out the date. There are other times you you call over somebody who can actually fix it properly, you know, and the artist or whatever can put in the date properly. That works better. Or leave it blank until it's time. (sighs) Just
0: don't have a fancy one. Okay. But anyhow, back to our job. So I, you know, I think we see this sort of series of machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. This last statement is just a statement of Shmuel. In fact, the Gemara talks about is there a machlokas with Rev here, or is this just an independent statement of Shmuel? But this whole issue of dating and when, you know, when does the, you know, when when do things sort of take place? When do things sort of take hold? Uh, especially around Gittin is very interesting, and I think it must have been fairly common. Uh, You know, because, again, the typical, you know, sort of aguna get situation was much more around somebody traveling than what we have today. So I imagine that these were actually very practical scenarios that came up that a husband decided to divorce his wife. They weren't living near each other at all. Maybe she moved back near her parents. And, you know, we don't have email today. It's not like you download a PDF document and can sign it. These things actually took a long time to get from one person to the other.
1: Yeah. It puts a whole like it puts a whole different spin on the entirety of the process.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it, you know, it 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 I think we could see like why this counting thing really was important, but it also really put into perspective for me differently this period of the three month waiting. Like I imagine there actually were a lot of people a lot of women at least, who it, it, the three months almost like they passed without them knowing. Because if you really do it by the time of writing, there must have been a group of women who by the time they got their gut, they didn't even have to actually wait.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. right? Because it always sounds kind of unfair, except for that it's not really unfair if you think about just how long it took to get from one place to the next. Okay, I'm going to pick up the other set of Machloket that so we have, uh, other famous people of Rabbi Yochanan Rishlokish, um, at the very bottom of, of Ahmed Aleph, um, we have Reb Shimon Machshir, right? So that's the citation from the Mishnah, where we have that Reb Shimon decided, right? He accepts that the divorce, a divorce that's written in the day and that's signed at night, Reb Shimon accepts is okay. But now we have Rava to come and say, I'm a Rava, my Tamad Shimon, what's his rationale? Why does he think that the divorce that's written in the day and signed at night, which, again, fundamentally, these are two different dates on the Jewish calendar. You know, why would that be okay? So the rationale court that is suggested here is that once the husband decides to divorce his wife, he's no longer entitled to have whatever the... whatever she produces in her her work and so on. So it doesn't matter that it's a new date because he wouldn't benefit from, meaning the fact that the decision it's written, right? It's just The decision goes into effect from the time of the writing as far as this suggests, because what that means then is the, the terms of divorce may not have been finalized in terms of actually signing and her getting the get, but the will to divorce is in place and therefore, the terms of marriage are kind of off. So that's the first view. So Reish Lakish is a very different approach. He says that Reb Shimon himself only says that a get is going to be valid if it's actually signed immediately, meaning at the time that it's written and then it's signed immediately. And then so what happens is you have witnesses to say that the divorce was signed right after it was written. Low. However, if you have a delay, meaning like, from now until another 10 days have gone by, that's not, that kind of like you have an extended period of of delay, then according to Rishlaki, Shimon would not accept that. So I wonder here, right, like to what extent, to what extent does it, did anybody think that Rishlaki meant other than immediately, right? Meaning morning to night. He's talking about morning to night. Nobody says, oh, I don't know, nobody. That's a big statement. But right, there's no direct statement here saying, um, oh, you know, whenever it happens, it's okay. You could sign it down the road. Um, so I think that refluckage the position here is interesting because you, I feel like he didn't really have to, like we kind of knew that. We kind of knew that Reb Shimon's point wasn't to extend the time indefinitely. So why not? So I mean, this is perhaps is the answer to my question here, right? Shema, Fies, maybe he would have, they would have had some kind of reconciliation. They would have had some kind of sexual liaison at that time. And that would then invalidate the divorce that has already been written. And so, again, that's why you don't have this kind of long delay from the one to the other. I, again, would like to know if they really can reconcile, then why push through through the divorce? But that's a separate question. But Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with Rish Lakish and he says the Rabbi Shimon's position is that even if it would be a delay of 10 days, it still would be an acceptable divorce. He says, if in fact, uh, he says, you don't have to be worried that there would be any reconciliation, any appeasement, that they would be intimate. Because if that had been the case, then it would be a public knowledge kind of thing. Everybody would know that they were back together. And then you don't have to worry that there's been some kind of invalidating of the get that is then given, right? Meaning everybody would know that they're back together. The get is invalidated. If they had to shoot if they choose to go forward with a divorce afterwards, they'll get a new get, meaning it has to be written fresh. Itamar, Ligamar says, Okay, now we have the case of Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish who are disagreeing about another case. Amar, A person says, a man says to 10 people, write a get, write a bill of divorce for my wife. This is such a complicated case. Amar, Rabbi Yochanan, Shnai mishum edim, V'kula mishum t'nai. Reish Lakish Amar, Kula mishum edim. So the question is, what what are you doing with these 10 people? What are you designating here that they're all going to write this bill of divorce? So Rabbi Yohan suggests that really what it means is that they should all sign the bill of divorce and two of them will be witnesses and the other eight will be people who sign like so that there's to make it clear that they're fulfilling this stipulation that the husband had said, meaning he had made the divorce contingent on all of them doing this because that's what he says, right? You, all of you. Uh, you know, kidvu All of you write this divorce, um, which doesn't quite mean that they're all going to be witnesses. It doesn't sound that way either, right? He's set it up as a condition. And he says no. All of them are here to function as witnesses. That's why you would have these ten people here to begin with. the Gemari says, what are the circumstances? How would they have all of these people have to sign? Meaning, if you can manage with one, what are you doing with ten? So maybe we can understand that he did not say to them, all of you. He just said, you know, you, and they understood all of you. The the singular you and the plural you, it could still be a plural you without it meaning 10 people. <laughs> but one second, didn't the Mishnah say, and this is actually referring not to the citation just above, but to the, the Mishnah on <laughs> the where one one person says to ten people, write this bill of divorce for my wife. In that case, one person would write and two people would sign. Not all ten people have to sign. The difference is in the case where the guy, the the husband, actually says all of you. And when he says all of you, then now they're all on the hook, right? Like they actually need to be participants in this in this divorce. So now, finally, the Gemara comes back to us, my Benaihu. What's the difference between the position of Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish? Like, what's the hinge upon which this machloket would pivot? Ike be biyume, mikan va'ad asara so then, the question is, you know, what happens if the all ten are designated to write this get? So they're all involved. Two of them sign on that day before the night. Two of them do not sign on that day. Some sign that night, some sign 10 days later, right? That's the difference between Rabbi Yochanan and Resh Lakish, where Rabbi Yochanan will accept it 10 days later and Resh Lakish would not. Manda marmishum tenai kasher, or mandam Mishum edim pasul. Did I say it backwards? Right? The idea here is that the person who says that they need to sign because it's a stipulation by the husband, then whenever they sign, it's going to be kasher. That's Rabbi Yochanan, exactly. Right? And then, but if if you're if you're thinking that all of them have to be witnesses, then being a witness 10 days later, like, that really does not work. And therefore, you have the opinion of Reish Lakish saying, Pasul, like, that does not work. Um, and lastly, uh, this is not really... First of all, it's interesting, but it also keeps going, right? It's like, at another point, at another point. So there is another different or possible difference between them. Inami, kegod shirim sachad mehem karov o pasul. He says, well, what happens if you're talking about the one of those 10 people? You discover afterwards, you know, after the designation, that one of the 10 people is a relative. And if the person's a relative, then that's, that is disqualified to serve as a witness. So if you say that it's a stipulation of the get, and then it's not about witnessing, then that person can still be in the group and it doesn't invalidate it. But if, and that's Rabbi Yochanan, but if you're Rish Lakish and you think that everybody um, is witnessing the get, then now you've invalidated the whole thing because the whole group of them is invalidated by the presence of the one person who is not allowed to serve as a witness because he's related. So as you see, right, like the, the Gemara works hard, I think, to demonstrate different plausible understandings of the machloka between Rabbi Yochan and Rish Lakish, follows it straight through, it lines up, you know, pretty nicely, um, and it it does continue. I'm stopping here in the interest of time.
0: You know, I I think it's interesting to see. Like, do we think this was a real case that somebody said this to 10 men? But the Gemara spent so much time talking about it. Like, I was trying to envision how real was this?
1: I think, I I don't know whether the number 10 is real, but I think the multiple people thing is real. And it makes sense to me that somebody who's sending off Shlichim to, you know, Mimi Dinatayam, right, from overseas to get there, he wants to make sure that you have like uh, that that nothing's going to go awry what happens if somebody falls off the ship right (laughs) but but somebody else won't you know i feel like it was it was likely done as a protection protective measure for the gap to happen
0: group of people were traveling and so you told that group please make sure you bring the gap
1: exactly as opposed to what could otherwise be a clown case right like of okay, everybody in the room, you go right get, right? Like that, I don't think that happened. I don't think it happened that way, but I can imagine practical scenarios where it would have made sense that somebody would designate a group just for the sake of making sure the get happens.
0: Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us to review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the DAP on our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank <music> you.